21. I be cut into four pieces that will form one larger square, from which it is self-evident that any square has just half the area of the square of its diagonal. In diagram 2 I have introduced a square as it often occurs in ancient drawings of the monad, which was my reason for believing that the symbol had mathematical meanings, since it will be found to demonstrate the fact that the area of the outer ring or annulus is exactly equal to the area of the inner circle. Compare diagram 2 with diagram 1. And you will see that as the square of the diameter CD is double the square of the diameter of the inner circle, or C. Therefore the area of the larger circle is double the area of the smaller one, and consequently the area of the annulus is exactly equal to that of the inner circle. This answers our first question. In diagram 3 I show the simple solution to the second question. It is obviously correct, and may be proved by the cutting and superposition of parts. The dotted lines will also serve to make it evident. The third question is solved by the cut CD in diagram 2, but it remains to be proved that the piece F is really one half of the yin or the yang. This we will do in diagram 4. The circle K has one quarter the area of the circle containing yin and yang, because its diameter is just one half the length. Also L in diagram 3 island we know, one quarter the area. It is therefore evident that G is exactly equal to H and therefore half G is equal to half H so that what F loses from L it gains from K and F must be half of yin or yang. 159. The square of the near. Illustration. B, C, A, D. Any square number may be expressed as the sum of two squares in an infinite number of different ways. The solution of the present puzzle forms a simple demonstration of this rule. It is a condition that we give actual dimensions. In this puzzle I ignore the known dimensions of our square and work on the assumption that it is 13n by 13n. The value of n we can afterwards determine. Divide the square as shown where the dotted lines indicate the original markings into a 169 squares. As 169 is the sum of the two squares 144 and 25, we will proceed to divide the veneer into two squares. Measuring respectively 12x12 and 5x5, and as we know that two squares may be formed from one square by dissection in four pieces, we seek a solution in this number. The dark lines in the diagram show where the cuts are to be made. The square 5x5 is cut out whole, and the larger square is formed from the remaining three pieces, BC and D which the reader can easily fit together. Now, N is clearly 5 13 of an inch. Consequently our larger square must be 60 13 inches x 60 13 inches and our smaller square 25 13 inches x 25 13 and the square of 60 13 added to the square of 25 13 is 25. The square is thus divided into as few as four pieces that form two squares of known dimensions, and all the 16 nails are avoided. Here is a general formula for finding two squares whose sum shall equal a given square. Say a squared. In the case of the solution of our puzzle page 3, Q2, and a 5, 2K squared P squared Q squared squared 2K squared X, Y P squared Q squared P squared Q squared here X squared Y squared A squared, 160, the two horseshoes, the puzzle was to cut the two shoes including the hoof contained within the outlines into four pieces, two pieces each, that would fit together and form a perfect circle, it was also stipulated that all four pieces should be different in shape. As a matter of fact, it is a puzzle based on the principle contained in that curious Chinese symbol the monad. Scene number 158. The above diagrams give the correct solution to the problem. It will be noticed that 1 and 2 are cut into the required 4 pieces, all different in shape, that fit together and form the perfect circle shown in diagram 3. 
it will further be observed that the two pieces A and B of one shoe and the two pieces C and D of the other form two exactly similar halves of the circle the yin and the yang of the great monad. It will be seen that the shape of the horseshoe is more easily determined from the circle than the dimensions of the circle from the horseshoe. Though the latter presents no difficulty when you know that the curve of the long side of the shoe is part of the circumference of your circle. The difference between B and D is instructive, and the idea is full in all such cases where it is a condition that the pieces must be different in shape. In forming D we simply add on a symmetrical piece, a curvilinear square, to the piece B therefore, in giving either B or D a quarter turn before placing in the new position, a precisely similar effect must be produced. 161. The Betsy RSS Puzzle. Fold the circular piece of paper in half along the dotted line shown in figure 1, and divide the upper half into five equal parts as indicated. Now fold the paper along the lines, and it will have the appearance shown in figure 2. If you want a star like figure 3, cut from it to B, if you wish one like figure 4, cut from it to C thus. The nearer you cut to the point at the bottom the longer will be the points of the star and the farther off from the point that you cut the shorter will be the points of the star. 162. The Cardboard Chain. The reader will probably feel rewarded for any care and patience that he may bestow on cutting out the cardboard chain. We will suppose that he has a piece of cardboard measuring 8 inches by 21 2 inches though the dimensions are of no importance. Yet if you want a long chain you must, of course, take a long strip of cardboard. First rule pencil lines BB and CC half an inch from the edges, and also the short perpendicular lines half an inch apart. See next page. Rule lines on the other side in just the same way. And in order that they shall coincide it is well to prick through the card with a needle the points where the short lines end. Now take your penknife and split the card from A down to BB and from DD up to CC. Then cut right through the card along all the short perpendicular lines and half through the card along the short portions of BB and CC that are not dotted. Next turn the card over and cut half through along the short lines on BB and CC at the places that are immediately beneath the dotted lines on the upper side, with a little careful separation of the parts with the penknife. The cardboard may now be divided into two interlacing ladder-like portions, as shown in figure 2, and if you cut away all the shaded parts you will get the chain, cut solidly out of the cardboard, without any join. As shown in the illustrations on page 40, it is an interesting variant of the puzzle to cut out two keys on a ring in the same manner without join. 164. The Potato Puzzle. As many as 22 pieces may be obtained by the six cuts. The illustration shows a pretty symmetrical solution. The rule in such cases is that every cut shall intersect every other cut and no two intersections coincide, that is to say, every line passes through every other line but more than two lines do not cross at the same point anywhere. There are other ways of making the cuts, but this rule must always be observed if we are to get the full number of pieces. The general formula is that with N cuts we can always produce an N112. One of the problems proposed by the late Sam Lloyd was to produce the maximum number of pieces by N straight cuts through a solid cheese. Of course, again, the pieces cut off may not be moved or piled. Here we have to deal with the intersection of planes instead of lines, and the general formula is that with N cuts we may produce N1 and N1 6 N1 pieces. It is extremely difficult to see the direction and effects of the successive cuts for more than a few of the lowest values of N165. The seven pigs. The illustration shows the direction for placing the three fences so as to enclose every pig in a separate SE. 
the greatest number of spaces that can be enclosed with three straight lines in a square is seven, as shown in the last puzzle. Bearing this fact in mind, the puzzle must be solved by trial. 166. The landowner's fences. Four fences only are necessary. As follows. 167. The wizard's cats. The illustration requires no explanation. It shows clearly how the three circles may be drawn so that every cat has a separate enclosure, and cannot approach another cat without crossing a line. 168. The Christmas Pudding. The illustration shows how the pudding may be cut into two parts of exactly the same size and shape. The lines must necessarily pass through the points A, B, C, D and E but, subject to this condition, they may be varied in an infinite number of ways. For example, at a point midway between A and the edge. The line may be completed in an unlimited number of ways straight or crooked, provided it be exactly reflected from E to the opposite edge, and similar variations may be introduced at other places. 169. A T A and G R A in paradox. The diagrams will show how the figures are constructed each with the seven tangrams. It will be noticed that in both cases the head, hat, and arm are precisely alike, and the width at the base of the body the same. But this body contains four pieces in the first case, and in the second design only three. The first is larger than the second by exactly that narrow strip indicated by the dotted line between A and B. This strip is therefore exactly equal in area to the piece forming the foot in the other design. Though when thus distributed along the side of the body the increased dimension is not easily apparent to the eye. The two pieces of brocade marked A will fit together and form one perfect square cushion top, and the two pieces marked B will form the other. 171. The Banner Puzzle. The illustration explains itself. Divide the bunning into 25 squares because this number is the sum of two other squares 16 and 9, and then cut along the thick lines. The two pieces marked to form one square, and the two pieces marked P form the other. The first step is to find six different square numbers that sum to a 196. For example, 1 4 25 36 49 81 196. 14925 area code 36 196 1916 25 64 81 196 the rest calls for individual judgment and ingenuity and no definite rules can be given for procedure the annex diagrams will show solutions for the first two cases stated of course the three pieces marked and those marked we will fit together and form a square in each case the assembling of the parts may be slightly varied and the reader may be interested in finding a solution for the third set of squares I have given. 173. Mrs. Parkins's quilt. The following diagram shows how the quilt should be constructed. There is, I believe, practically only one solution to this puzzle. The fewest separate squares must be 11. The portions must be of the sizes given. The three largest pieces must be arranged as shown, and the remaining group of eight squares may be reflected, but cannot be differently arranged. 174. The squares of brocade. So far as I have been able to discover, there is only one possible solution to fulfill the conditions. The pieces fit together as in diagram 1, diagrams 2 and 3 showing how the two original squares are to be cut. It will be seen that the pieces A and C have each 20 checkers, and are therefore of equal area. Diagram 4 built up with the dissected square number 5 solves the puzzle, except for the small condition contained in the words. I cut the two squares in the manner desired. In this case the smaller square is preserved intact. Still I give it as an illustration of a feature of the puzzle. It is impossible in a problem of this kind to give a quarter turn to any of the pieces if the pattern is to properly match. 
but as in the case of F in diagram 4 we may give a symmetrical piece a half turn that island turn it upside down, whether or not a piece may be given a quarter turn, a half turn, or no turn at all in these checkered problems, depends on the character of the design, on the material employed, and also on the form of the piece itself. 175. Another patchwork puzzle. The lady need only unpick the stitches along the dark lines in the larger portion of patchwork, when the four pieces will fit together and form a square, as shown in our illustration. 176. Linoleum cutting. There is only one solution that will enable us to retain the larger of the two pieces with as little as possible cut from it. Figure 1 in the following diagram shows how the smaller piece is to be cut, and figure 2 how we should dissect the larger piece. While in figure 3 we have the new square 10x10 formed by the four pieces with all the checkers properly matched, it will be seen that the piece D contains 52 checkers, and this is the largest piece that it is possible to preserve under the conditions. 177. Another linoleum puzzle. Cut along the thick lines, and the four pieces will fit together and form a perfect square in the manner shown in the smaller diagram. 178. The cardboard box. The areas of the top and side multiplied together and divided by the area of the end give the square of the length. Similarly, the product of top and end divided by side gives the square of the breadth, and the product of side and end divided by the top gives the square of the depth. But we only need one of these operations. Let us take the first. Thus, 120x96 divided by 80 equals 144, the square of 12. Therefore the length is 12 inches, from which we can. Of course, that once get the breadth and depth 10 inches and 8 inches respectively. 179. Stealing the bell ropes. Whenever we have one side of the right angled triangle, and know the difference between the second side and the hypotenuse which difference we will call B then the length of the hypotenuse will be a squared B. To be 2 in the case of our puzzle this will be 48x48 11 2 inches 32 feet 11 2 inches 6 which is the length of the rope. 180 the four sons. The diagram shows the most equitable division of the land possible, so that each son shall receive land of exactly the same area and exactly similar in shape, and so that each shall have access to the well in the center without trespass on another's land. The conditions do not require that each son's land shall be in one piece, but it is necessary that the two portions assigned to an individual should be kept apart, or two adjoining portions might be held to be one piece, in which case the condition as to shape would have to be broken. At present there is only one shape for each piece of land half a square divided diagonally, and A, B, C and D can each reach their land from the outside, and have each equal access to the well in the center. 181. B3 railway stations. B3 stations form a triangle, with sides 13, 14, and 15 miles. Make the 14 side the base, then the height of the triangle is 12 and the area 84. Multiply the three sides together and divide by four times the area. The result is eight miles and one-eighth. The distance required. 182. The garden puzzle. Half the sum of the four sides is 144. From this deduct and turn the four sides. And we get 64, 99, 44, and 81. Multiply these together. And we have as the result the square of 4.752. Therefore the garden contained 4.752 square yards. Of course the tree being equidistant from the four corners shows that the garden is a quadrilateral that may be inscribed in a circle. 183. Drawing a spiral. Make a fold in the paper, as shown by the dotted line in the illustration. Then, taking any two points, 
as A and B describe semicircles on the line alternately from the centers B and A being careful to make the ends join, and the thing is done. Of course this is not a true spiral, but the puzzle was to produce the particular spiral that was shown, and that was drawn in this simple manner. 184. How to draw an oval. If you place your sheet of paper round the surface of a cylindrical ball or canister, the oval can be drawn with one sweep of the compasses. 185. St. George's Banner. As the flag measures 4 feet by 3 feet the length of the diagonal from corner to corner is 5 feet. All you need do is to deduct half the length of this diagonal 21 2 feet from a quarter of the distance all round the edge of the flag 31 2 feet a quarter of 14 feet. The difference 1 foot is the required width of the arm of the Red Cross. The area of the cross will then be the same as that of the white ground. 186. The Clothesline Puzzle. Multiply together, and also add together. The heights of the two poles and divide one result by the other. That island if the two heights are and B respectively. Then Abba B will give the height of the intersection. In the particular case of our puzzle. The intersection was therefore 2 feet 11 inches from the ground. The distance that the poles are apart does not affect the answer. The reader who may have imagined that this was an accidental omission will perhaps be interested in discovering the reason why the distance between the poles may be ignored. 187. The Milkmaid Puzzle. Illustration, a B-Riverdor stool draw a straight line, as shown in the diagram, from the milking stool perpendicular to the near bank of the river, and continue it to the point A which is the same distance from that bank as the stool. If you now draw the straight line from it to the door of the dairy, it will cut the river at B then the shortest route will be from the stool to B and thence to the door. Obviously the shortest distance from it to the door is the straight line, and as the distance from the stool to any point of the river is the same as from it to that point. The correctness of the solution will probably appeal to every reader without any acquaintance with geometry. 188. The ball problem. If a round ball is placed on the level ground, six similar balls may be placed round it all on the ground, so that they shall all touch the central ball. As for the second question, the ratio of the diameter of a circle to its circumference we call pi, and though we cannot express this ratio in exact numbers, we can get sufficiently near to it for all practical purposes. However, in this case it is not necessary to know the value of pi at all, because, to find the area of the surface of a sphere we multiply the square of the diameter by pi, to find the volume of a sphere we multiply the cube of the diameter by one-sixth of pi, therefore we may ignore pi, and have merely to seek a number whose square shall equal one-sixth of its cube, this number is obviously six, therefore the ball was six feet in diameter for the area of its surface will be 36 times pi in square feet, and its volume also 36 times pi in cubic feet. 189. The Yorkshire Estates. The triangular piece of land that was not for sale contains exactly 11 acres. Of course it is not difficult to find the answer if we follow the eccentric and tricky tracks of intricate trigonometry, or I might say that the application of a well-known formula reduces the problem to finding one quarter of the square root of 4x 370 x 116, 370 116 74 squared that is a quarter of the square root of 1936, which is one quarter of 44, or 11 acres, but all that the reader really requires to know is the Pythagorean law on which many puzzles have been built that in any right-angled triangle the square of the hypotenuse is equal to the sum of the squares of the other two sides. I shall dispense with all, thirds and similar absurdities, notwithstanding the fact that the sides of our triangle are clearly incommensurate. 
since we cannot exactly extract the square roots of the three square areas. Illustration, A. 5, 7, EC grave accent, grave accent, 4 4 grave accent, 7 grave accent, DBF in the above diagram ABC represents our triangle, ADB is a right angled triangle, add measuring 9 and BD measuring 17, because the square of 9 added to the square of 17 equals 370, the known area of the square on AB, also AC is a right angled triangle, and the square of 5 added to the square of 7 equals 74, the square is state on a C similarly, CFB is a right angled triangle, for the square of 4 added to the square of 10 equals 116, the square is state on BC, now, although the sides of our triangular estate are incommensurate, we have in this diagram all the exact figures that we need to discover the area with precision, the area of our triangle ADB is clearly half of 9x17, or 761 to acres, the area of AC is half of 5x7, or 171 to acres, the area of CFB is half of 4x10, or 20 acres, and the area of the oblong EDFC is obviously 4x7, or 28 acres, now, if we add together 171 to, 20, and 28 651 to, and deduct the sum from the area of the large triangle ADB which we have found to be 761 to acres, what remains must clearly be the area of ABC. That is to say, the area we want must be 761 to 651 to 11 acres exactly. 190. Farmer WURZL's estate. The area of the complete estate is exactly 100 acres. To find this answer I use the following little formula. For ABC squared 4 where ABC represent the three square areas. In any order, the expression gives the area of the triangle A. This will be found to be 9 acres. It can be easily proved that ABC and D are all equal in area, so the answer is 26 2018 acres. Here is the proof. If every little dotted square in the diagram represents an acre, this must be a correct plan of the estate. For the squares of 5 and 1 together equal 26, the squares of 4 and 2 equal 20, and the squares of 3 and 3 added together equal 18. Now we see at once that the area of the triangle is 21 to F is 41 2, and G is 4, these added together make 11 acres, which we deduct from the area of the rectangle, 20 acres, and we find that the field contains exactly 9 acres, if you want to prove that BC and D are equal in size to A divide them into by a line from the middle of the longest side to the opposite angle, and you will find that the two pieces in every case, if cut out, will exactly fit together and form A, or we can get our proof in a still easier way. The complete area of the squared diagram is 12x12 12 144 acres, and the portions 1, 2, 3, 4, not included in the estate, have the respective areas of 121 to, 171 to, 91 to, and 41 to, these added together make 44, which, deducted from 144, leaves 100 as the required area of the complete estate, 191, the crescent puzzle. Referring to the original diagram, let AC be X let CD be X9, and let EC be X5, then X5 is a mean proportional between X9 and X from which we find that X equals 25, therefore the diameters are 50 inches and 41 inches respectively. 192. The puzzle wall. The answer given in all the old books is that shown in figure 1, where the curved wall shuts out the cottages from access to the lake. 
but in seeking the direction for the shortest possible wall most readers today, remembering that the shortest distance between two points is a straight line, will adopt the method shown in figure 2. This is certainly an improvement, yet the correct answer is really that indicated in figure 3. A measurement of the lines will show that there is a considerable saving of length in this wall. 193. The sheepfold. This is the answer that is always given and accepted as correct. Two more hurdles would be necessary. For the pen was 24 by 1 as in fig. On next page. And by moving one of the sides and placing an extra hurdle at each end as in figure B the area would be doubled. The diagrams are not to scale. Now there is no condition in the puzzle that requires the sheepfold to be of any particular form. But even if we accept the point that the pen was 24 by 1, the answer utterly fails. For two extra hurdles are certainly not at all necessary. For example, I arrange the 50 hurdles as in figure C and as the area is increased from 24 square hurdles to 156, there is now accommodation for 650 sheep. If it be held that the area must be exactly double that of the original pen, then I construct it as in figure D with 28 hurdles only, and have 22 in hand for other purposes on the farm. Even if it were insisted that all the original hurdles must be used, then I should construct it as in figure E where I can get the area as exact as any farmer could possibly require. Even if we have to allow for the fact that the sheep might not be able to graze at the extreme ends, thus we see that, from any point of view, the accepted answer to this ancient little puzzle breaks down, and yet attention has never before been drawn to the absurdity. Illustration A 24-24-1-B-48-24-CD-12-48-6-156-8-14-12-E-14. E 12-13-194. The Garden Walls. The puzzle was to divide the circular field into four equal parts by three walls, each wall being of exactly the same length. There are two essential difficulties in this problem. These are, one the thickness of the walls, and to the condition that these walls are three in number. As to the first point, since we are told that the walls are brick walls, we clearly cannot ignore their thickness, while we have to find a solution that will equally work, whether the walls be of a thickness of one, two, three, or more bricks. The second point requires a little more consideration. How are we to distinguish between a wall and walls? A straight wall without any bend in it, no matter how long, cannot ever become walls, if it is neither broken nor intersected in any way. Also our circular field is clearly enclosed by one wall, but if it had happened to be a square or a triangular enclosure, would there be respectively four and three walls or only one enclosing wall in each case? It is true that we speak of the four walls of a square building or garden, but this is only a conventional way of saying the four sides. If you were speaking of the actual brickwork, you would say, I am going to enclose this square garden with a wall. Angles clearly do not affect the question. For we may have a zigzag wall just as well as a straight one, and the Great Wall of China is a good example of a wall with plenty of angles. Now, if you look at diagrams 1, 2, and 3, you may be puzzled to declare whether there are in each case two or four new walls, but you cannot call them three, as required in our puzzle. The intersection either affects the question or it does not affect it. If you tie two pieces of string firmly together, or splice them in a nautical manner, they become one piece of string. If you simply let them lie across one another or overlap, they remain two pieces of string. It is all a question of joining and welding. It may similarly be held that if two walls be built into one another I might almost say, 
if they be made homogeneous they become one wall, in which case diagrams 1, 2, and 3 might each be said to show one wall or two, if it be indicated that the four ends only touch, and are not really built into, the outer circular wall. The objection to diagram 4 is that although it shows the three required walls assuming the ends are not built into the outer circular wall, yet it is only absolutely correct when we assume the walls to have no thickness. A brick has thickness, and therefore the fact throws the whole method out and renders it only approximately correct. D.